This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, February 18th, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. Viper teams are federal customs agents conducting warrantless searches of Americans up to 100 miles within the U.S. border. They haven't stopped any terrorists, and their purview is expanding. Patrick Eddington, a policy analyst in Homeland Security and Civil Liberties at the Cato Institute, says it's time for Viper teams to go. Viper stands for Visible Intermodal Prevention and Response, so another lovely Washington acronym that we get to play with here. These teams were set up starting in December 2005, essentially in response to the Madrid train bombings in 2004 and the London transit bombings in 2005. And the idea behind these teams is essentially that you take a combination of transportation security administration personnel, federal air marshals, state and local law enforcement, and you essentially do allegedly random warrantless searches, baggage inspection, things of that nature at various transit hubs around the country. The idea is that the so-called random nature of it helps to essentially act as a deterrent for terrorists. There's no actual basis to believe that. There's no scientific evidence to that effect. There have been no studies essentially done to that effect. And if you actually look at the track record, for example, the, the shooting that took place at Los Angeles International back in the fall of 2013, it obviously had no deterrent effect. So essentially, that's what these Viper teams are out there doing. So uh, what is the stated purpose, then, uh, of these teams? TSA officials have repeatedly sold this to Congress and the public as a method for trying to prevent terrorism. Right? The idea is if you have these teams popping up let's say, in the Washington metro transit system on one particular day and the Chicago transit system on another particular day, that somehow individuals who are thinking about committing acts of terrorism on trains or buses are somehow going to be deterred. And there's just simply no evidence that that's the case. So you here you have a program that costs taxpayers over $100 million a year that's never caught a single terrorist, never disrupted a single plot. And so it's just another form of security theater, in essence. Scott Garrett has... Uh discovered uh, (laughs) problems with respect to Viper teams. What did he find out? How did he find it out? Well, he found it out very personally. Uh, This happened a couple of years ago when he was actually trying to get over to Union Station, get on an Amtrak train and go back to his congressional district in New Jersey. And from what I was able to gather and talking with folks from his office, he was actually accosted by some of these Viper teams. And he demanded to know their authorities and so on and so forth. So they, they got onto his radar in a very, very public and very direct way. And over the last couple of years, he's actually introduced legislation entitled the Freedom to Travel Act that would abolish the Viper teams in their current form. The ACLU has called Viper teams a direct assault on the Fourth Amendment, which is pretty strong language. What have they done in response to the uh, activities of these groups? Well, they have certainly uh, sought through the Freedom of of Information Act to to try to find out more about their operational patterns, habits, capabilities. They have also made the case that the teams themselves should actually be shut down. And I think you're going to see more of that effort going forward, given the scope of of the activity of these Viper teams. You know, they've grown from 2005 from a single team to 33 at present. And again, a a $100 million, at least $100 million operating budget that's producing absolutely nothing except occasional violations of of civil and constitutional rights of the traveling public. Okay. What do the teams themselves believe they are empowered to do? They believe that they have the authority to go out and conduct warrantless searches of passengers, baggage, et cetera, 
And one of the more notorious incidents occurred in February of 2011 when a Viper team took over the Amtrak station in Savannah, Georgia, and engaged in this kind of warrantless baggage search of detraining passengers. Now, if you step back and think about it, if the idea is to try to prevent what happened in Madrid or London from happening here, you actually want to be inspecting the baggage and the people before they get on the trains, not after they're getting off of the trains. So this caused an entire uproar with Amtrak management. The Viper teams were banned from Amtrak system uh, for quite a while. I think that's been worked out, but I think it only helped to highlight the fact that these things are absolutely ineffective, and they're just essentially, as the ACLU indicated, kind of a roving Fourth Amendment violation. There are uh, permanent facilities, most of which are along the southern border of the United States, but these teams can operate effectively within 100 miles of the border anywhere in the United States. Well, what's interesting about the Department of Homeland Security is that it has multiple elements that are essentially engaged in these kinds of activities. The Viper teams are one of those, and they tend to focus most of their activities at transit hubs, whether they're airports or metro stations, things of that nature. But U.S. Customs and Border Protection has for decades operated a series of internal checkpoints in this country. Many of them are fixed, but an awful lot of them are actually what amount to roving patrols or roving checkpoints. And you find these within essentially a 100-mile zone into the United States, completely around the United States, as well as uh, Alaska and the like. And this has been going on literally for decades. Most Americans are not aware of it, except, for, of course, for the folks who live in these areas where these checkpoints operate. What has the ACLU done uh, most recently? They're suing for well, – the ACLU has sued – over some information from the federal government about these teams, what are they asking for specifically? So what the ACLU did in July of 2014, and this is specifically some of the ACLU chapters located in California, they sued for information on these inter uh, interior checkpoints operated by CBP because a number of folks have come to the ACLU and claimed that their rights have been violated by uh, Border Patrol agents at these particular checkpoints. So the Department of Homeland Security and Customs and Border Protection just completely ignored that FOIA request. So in February of 2015, the ACLU finally sued in court in order to get that information, and we're still waiting to get some of the details. But prior ACLU litigation involving some of these checkpoints located in the Northeast United States has produced some very interesting information, to, including the to include the fact that only about 1 percent, essentially, uh, of the illegal aliens that are caught by CBP are actually caught by CBP agents operating these checkpoints in the Northeast United States. What's interesting about that is that in 2009, the Government Accountability Office did an audit, essentially, of all of these Customs and Border Patrol checkpoint operations. And they found that CBP was employing 4 percent of their personnel in the operation of these checkpoints, but only catching about 2 percent of the illegals coming across the border. So a waste of taxpayer money and resources, and at the same time, violating the rights of countless Americans. CBP, of course, is Customs and Border Patrol. What is Operation Skylane? This came uh, to public attention over the course of the last couple of years. And you know we've discussed briefly here these internal checkpoints that Customs and Border Patrol operates. But over the last few years, Customs and Border Patrol has also gotten into the business of essentially profiling general aviation aircraft in this country. And here we're talking about private pilots operating you know, a Cessna or you know, whatever, flying themselves or their family across the country for vacations and so on. And what Operation Skylane is, is essentially a countrywide profiling system that CBP has set up 
ostensibly to catch drug smugglers. What they've been actually doing is catching innocent general aviation pilots simply conducting their own business or personal travel and the like. And over the course of the last few years, the uh, Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association became aware of a number of these incidents, went to Congress, complained about it, got a little bit of help, managed to actually get a meeting with the commissioner of the CBP. And that happened in April of 2014, and then promises were made that these searches essentially would come to a halt for the time being. While that's proven true up to now, we still have this profiling system known as Operation Skylane that's operating in the background. And so these kinds of searches could happen again, literally without any warning. $100 million for these Viper teams should seem like low-hanging fruit, but I would understand if members of Congress say, eh, so they're not that effective. I'd rather have it uh, and have nothing happen and spend this money than look like look like we cut security at a an inopportune time. Yeah, and I think it would be very fair to say that this whole Customs Border Patrol checkpoint business is a politically difficult issue for a lot of folks who actually live in the Southwest, a lot of members of Congress dealing with this. Folks like Ted Poe and some others who normally are very, very strong constitutional Republicans looking to, to prevent warrantless searches, for example, through the NSA. They have been more reluctant to kind of jump into this because of the politics, essentially, of the immigration issue. But that doesn't change the fact that these programs are a waste of taxpayer money. They are violating the rights of innocent Americans. And on those grounds alone, these programs ought to go away. Patrick Eddington is a policy analyst in Homeland Security and Civil Liberties at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.